getting into the whole recap and what to look forward to from there and all the different storylines. So hit us back. Not a bad idea, sir. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Um, in terms of, I realize, and, and, and welcome back, uh, Joe Stanek. <laughs> but uh, no, I realize for, for those that just listened to the last episode and are tuning into this episode right now, um, if we do this and we go like two and a half hours, sometimes people like to break it up, at the very least by topic. And uh, when you're an hour deep and you haven't even touched the Arnold Classic recap, and that's what we're going to do, uh, yeah. We might, yeah. um, might as well split it up a little bit. So what are some of the storylines, my friend? Where do you think we, sh- we should hop in here? I'm going to pull up the Arnold Classic results. I've got them up myself, actually. Do you? Okay. Where, do you, where did you pull uh, them up for? What's the best place for me to pull these bad boys up? Uh, I have the USA Powerlifting Database up. Uh, so it's just usapl.liftingdatabase.com. And all that is, is there under competition. There's a, a, a tab for it that says competitions. It's like the all the reported stuff, and then it goes by meet, so you can you can easily access that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we had some we had some storylines coming from this one, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, we might as well get into I think probably one of the biggest storylines, and for myself, one of the toughest ones for me was uh, watching Michael C. bomb out. Yeah, man, that's uh, that was really tough. Um, I was watching, I was watching squat. So after after I got done uh, coaching in the raw challenge, which was just before the Grand Prix, uh, I was like, oh, I gotta at least watch squats. And uh, I watched, I watched him, uh, I watched Michael squat the, the the world record, and I was like, oh, dang, he's off to a great start. And then I, I left to go to dinner with some friends, and by the time I get to dinner, I, I hear I get some text messages just like Michael just missed his opener on bench. I'm like, what? So I, I pull up the live stream and I'm watching and I, I'll tell you what, man, I, uh, you know, obviously prior to, to Ricky announcing his move up to, to 83s, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, you know, cause, cause it wasn't like a concrete thing at the time. Um, the, uh, the whole thing I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, obviously I don't, I, I, selfishly as a, as a, as somebody who wants to see my lifter succeed, of course I want to see him hit 800 first. But at the same time, this isn't, you know, this this isn't what I wanted to to happen to to Michael. It's it's horrible to see anyone bomb. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, man, the there were definitely a number of factors uh, that I think contributed to that. Um, the the carpet on on the platform was particularly slippery. Um, from what I understand, Michael strained a pec uh, relatively close to the meat, um, and so I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this because I didn't, I haven't officially asked him. Um, but I think what happened was, you know, he opened up and, uh, even though it was a weight that he, you know, he had no problem with, if you look at his, his opener from nationals, it was very close to this number. Um, he, uh, it, it just ended up being heavy enough that when he couldn't set his, uh, his arch properly, he probably aggravated that peck. And then that's what happened on the other two that made him bomb. Mm. Um, so just, just awful. Something, something that I never would want to see, uh, from, from anyone, uh, just not definitely, uh, not only, not only miss out on the, on finishing the meetup, but you know, he, uh, his world record didn't end up counting because of that. And so. that's, yeah. I mean that for anyone listening, you cannot bomb out and keep your world records. You bomb out, your world records are gone. And you know, so leading into this, everybody knows the race to 800 for the 74 kilo boys. It was huge. Everybody's talking about who's going to be first. Who's going to be first. 
Um, Michael C. In terms of 2020, Michael C. was going first. And I know Taylor was like, well, it's not really fair because Michael gets to go first. He gets to go before me, sort of. But then Michael C. will turn around and say, my friend, you've been powerlifting longer than me, so you've had already a lot of time to go first. I'm getting here, you know, on my, whatever, third, fourth year, whatever. So technically, you went first in the bigger scheme of things. I'm just going first on the calendar year. It, it, regardless of how you look at it, historically speaking, Michael C. was going to try to go for 800. My man came on the podcast. He doesn't talk a lot of shit. He claps back every now and then on your boy Cho. But it's in that whole, he said on the podcast himself, he likes it. Like, he, he doesn't take any offense. And, and um, Cho sure as hell does like it. So, he'll, if, if he talks trash, it's because he's clapping back, just having fun. Do kids still say clap back, by the way? Am I, am I aging myself, my man? Uh, I, I hear it. I hear it enough. I'm, okay. All right. Good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. Good. So anyways, he'll, he'll mix it up, but, um, but he's, he's not really, that's not his main thing. He's more about, he'll put a goal out there confidently as anybody should when you're tip of the spear athlete. Sorry, he's confident. And he puts it out there. I'm going to go for 800. And when he bombs, I shit you not, I had comments, people saying, Oh, he was talking all that shit. What happened to 800? It's like my friend. What, like, he was just throwing, he, like, he wasn't, it's not talking shit to say, I'm going for 800. I would like, I have a competition coming up. I would like to be the first man to hit the 800. There's no, that's like Ray Williams saying, you know what? I would like to be the first man to hit a thousand. This, I, hopefully this is the meat. And if he hits it, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's such an honor to hit a thousand pound squat. If C hits it, Oh my God, it's such an honor to have all the 74s that went before me. Every single one that won the Worlds and legends like Taylor Atwood, whatever. For me to be the first, that's phenomenal. Everybody remembers who went first. And if he doesn't hit it, it's not a ha-ha, what are you saying now situation. Like, I don't, I don't even understand that mentality when people are like that. When people are like, um, you know, if you set out a goal and toss it out there and it's a grand goal, they can't wait for you to fail. Those same people... I guarantee you, my friend, those same people are the people that in their life are afraid to shoot for the stars and reach because they might fail. So they don't reach because that's the mentality. You expose yourself when you talk shit about somebody when they fail. You expose yourself to somebody who is afraid to fail themselves. So you probably live a reserved life. Stay in your comfort zone. Don't overreach. When you do overreach, get out of your comfort zone. You feel the anxiety. You feel the sudden fear of failure and then you put yourself back in the comfort zone so when you see a guy like michael c ricky cho taylor atwood reaching when they miss and you celebrate those misses it's you who looks bad not them you know what i mean right. and, and michael c's got a big heart man this kid's been on this podcast almost as many times as ricky i think ricky might be setting the record but um only because i love his personality but michael c's a hell of a dude man how can you talk shit about a kid like that who's pretty pure of heart you know i can't i don't get it yeah i i don't either i i've so I've I've been uh, fortunate enough to to know Michael since uh, Worlds in Calgary a few years back. Um, I uh, I sat down and, and got the chance to talk to him before his session. I, I actually I believe that was the first session that I commentated with you, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. No um, shit. Was, it, was that session when he when he I think he I think he finished right behind uh, uh, Blake LeHue, if I'm not mistaken, that year. Um, and he's he's always been he's always been a kind-hearted dude, and and I I definitely wish him the best. Uh, and you know, I, I'm sure when he gets back on the platform, which uh, there's a little storyline for you, he's going to have to get back on the platform to qualify for raw nationals. Oh, wow. Yeah. And who because, 
Yeah, because because he he took a token deadlift at, at Nats and and you know he bombed here, so he he needs he need now needs a total. So we're gonna get to before nationals as long you know as long as we can in the current state of things. Well, well, easier said than done, though. I mean, yeah. it, disaster has struck. I mean, I would hope by the summer the coronavirus situation is all cleared up. But this is kind of getting a little too dramatic for Michael C. This talk about bad luck. This guy can't get away from it. I mean, he's looking to catch a break in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a feeling that I mean every lifter talks about having their super meet, um, and and you know prior to this I, I probably would have said this is probably going to be Michael's, but you know he he'll he'll get it soon, and and I have I have uh, no doubt that he will he will come out and come back even stronger. Uh, the the guy just keeps getting stronger. And um, actually, you know, Cho will talk smack when he's going against C, but in this situation he quickly ran to his defense. And oh, yeah. he's, so it's not, that's when you show that, um, you know, look, if I'm coming at you, it's in sporting, but I'm also going to be the first guy to have you back. And that's when you know, I'm not really coming at you. If I'm coming at you, it's with a wink and a smile. Don't worry. If I feel like you're getting piled up on, I got you back because I know Cho knows what it's like to hit that platform and you put yourself out there and you extend yourself. It's not easy, you know? So, um, yeah. but, uh, looking at us, do you want to look at, which one do you want to look at in terms of the results first, sir? We can break it down by event, I guess. Uh, I mean, since we're talking about the about the the Grand Prix right now, we might as well go over that. I, I think I think uh, the other we got a couple other. Uh, since we're on the men with with talking about Michael, we'll just go through go through them, even though it's normally ladies first. Um, I think the other story there in the at least in the the raw side is is Ashton coming back down Ooh. to. 93 and, and demolishing the world record total um, despite despite missing uh, two benches and a third deadlift still demolishing the world record total um, I, I have to admit selfishly I was a little a little disappointed that he did this because my lifter Kyle power was participating in the in the SBD uh, meet the following day which was also a world record uh, a meet where you could set world records and, and he was just off of the world record total, uh, at least that it was at the time. But unfortunately, Ashton uh, decided to go down and went first. And I mean that he uh, he definitely put in some work. I know it wasn't his best day. He uh, he said he got sick a few weeks out. But if this is your, you know, if this is Ashton on a bad day, that's that's still pretty freaking phenomenal. It's it's well, yeah, to say the least. I mean, so Ashton at the at the time that this happened, I thought Ashton totally just robbed Anatoly from the Ukraine, who would have been at the SPD Invitational. Last episode, we talked about how the SPD Invitational obviously got canceled due to coronavirus, but the the world record was around 850, maybe 850 and change, 853, around that range. Um, and Ashton coming in here on a bad day, taking that up almost 30 kilo, you know, Anatoly was looking to collect a little bit of checks and take him back to the Ukraine where that U.S. money might go a long way. And when he's watching it on Classic, he's like, ah, well, thank you, man. Now, it's all good now because the, the SPD invitation is canceled anyways. But Ashton really jacked up that total. Um, I mean, do you think, looking ahead, let's just assume the World Championships, Open World Championships will happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think Keiko has a chance of taking that total? What are we looking at? Because Keiko is close to. Now, Matt Gary and me had had a had conversation not long ago, and he said... He thought at a local meter somewhere, he had hidden 870. I think at Nationals, he's 867. If he's 870, and this is 881, it's not the craziest 10 kilo spread. 
11 kilo spread. It's not the craziest spread. He's, he sure shit his time by June to throw. I mean, I don't know when 870 might have been registered, but he has time. Is it conceivable, do you think, or, or does Ashton really set a mark that's going to be really hard for, for Keiko to take? So I'm just doing a little math right now, okay. uh, combining Keiko's best lifts that I've seen him do recently in training, and yeah, I, I think it's conceivable. If he can if he can bring those numbers to the platform, I, I absolutely think he can, he, can, he can hit that total. I'm, I'm actually, I'll put out a, a little bit of a bold statement here and say he's, he's going to be inching up towards that, that 890 mark. Maybe oh, even, wow. maybe if he has a great peaking cycle, maybe yeah. even a 900 kilo total. Maybe. Yeah. Holy smokes. If he crosses that 900 kilo barrier as a 93, I mean, that, that's, what is, if I'm not mistaken, the only man ever to rack up 900 IPF points is Jesse Norris. And he did it in a USAPL competition. Is that not right? I think so. Uh, I could probably check that out real quick since we're on the, the USA Powerlifting database. Okay. But I, uh, I believe you're correct. Let me just double check that. Sounds good. Because um, thus far, yeah, that 900 kilo, or sorry, that 900 points, that's the big one. We've had a lot of people in the 800s. But Jesse Norris, and this has been from 2015 range, when Jesse mm. was a junior. I mean, this has so, been long standing. Okay, so Jesse, he put up a, at, at Nationals 2016, he put up an 837 kilo total. I think he did at a local meet, he had a 900 IPF points total, and his total, or sorry, I, yeah, IPF points. And his total, I'm not sure what it was, but at a local meet, I think he registered his highest in a U. It wasn't. It was a local meet, but under the umbrella of USAPL, I believe. Mm, you might be right. Uh, I'll check open powerlifting just okay. to see. Ah, there it is. Yeah, 922.5 kilos. And what, his best total. And what federation was that? Mm, let me double check here. Because he did some work in a Reebok record breakers, but that's obviously with a deadlift bar. Uh, here, uh, here's the meet you're talking about. It was a local uh, competition. It was the Idaho State Championships under USA Powerlifting. It was 914. Oh shit! It's a 93 kilo lifter. Yes. All right. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's actually uh, from 2014, where the weight class was still 90 kilos. <laughs> what? So he wasn't even a 93. He was a 90 kilo lifter. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I, I recall that because I remember looking at it prior to Raw Nationals thinking to myself, holy shit. Well, so, all right, just to put into perspective for those Johnny-come-lates who might not know Jesse Norris because my man's got some injuries and he's not able to compete anymore, Ashton is an absolute phenom. And we're all blown away with what Ashton's doing, 881 at 881.5, excuse me, pardon me, at 93 kilo, obviously a world record, and that's phenomenal. But for Jesse Norris... In, in in 2014, like five years ago for powerlifting is a fucking generation ago, my friend. This is before the Ricky Chos, the Michael C's, Austin Perkins. This is before, you know, the Garrett Fears. This is before, like, all of these. Russell Orhees and, I mean, Brett Gibbs wasn't even Brett Gibbs in 2014. He was doing, he was so far ahead of his time. He was so far ahead of the pack. He was hitting numbers that the super heavyweights and heavyweights and the untested would love to have. For him to be doing as a 90 kilo guy in a USAPL competition 
be be totaling over nine hundred kilos. Absolutely, it's it's staggering. Man. Yeah, ridiculous. Dude, like that's like possibly the greatest performance we might have seen in a tested competition. Yeah, at this point, um, I will say though, uh, and I think I'm I'm correct in this. Um, those uh, that competition was not done on calibrated plates. That's why he has a nine fourteen kilo total. Um, and I, I bet if you went back on Instagram, you could probably verify that. How would that be USAPL then? So back in 2014, uh, there was a rule saying that it, you could run a local meet without the need for calibrated plates. Uh, that I, I actually believe that might still be the case that you can run a local meet with uh, with non-calibrated plates. Still, it's just they're so commonplace these days you never see it happen. Yeah. Uh, don't again, don't quote me on that, but I I know that to be a fact uh, as far as back then because my qualifying meet for 2015 Raw Nationals was not on calibrated plates. Having said that, do the deadlift bar, do the bars can they be deadlift bars or do they have to be stiff bars? Do they at least have a rule there for that? They yeah they had they had to at least be be a stiff bar. So. Having said, you know, in terms of calibrated plates, there's almost no chance that those plates are uncalibrated to the tune of 14 pounds. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so oh, I would, probably not. That would be some of the shittiest manufacturing. <laughs> if you're 14 pounds off, look, I can understand a few ounces or grams here, but 14 pounds would be ridiculous. So he's probably still the only dude who's 93 kilo and he was 90 kilo to cross the 900 uh, barrier. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Keiko and Ashton go head-to-head, but I think this is a one-off, and Ashton's going to go back to the 105s. Yeah, uh, and he uh, he actually uh, was offered a spot to go 105 for, for Worlds that he turned down. Um, I, yeah. uh, I saw his name on the list, and uh, I guess talking to, to Bryce, he ended up deciding that he wasn't going to be going. Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. I mean, in terms of he's part of the military, and um, – I think scheduling and there's all there's there's a few different reasons but it just because i asked him like dude i was brokenhearted everyone knows i've been like i want to see usa across the chest and then hit the world platform and see him do business and go to war with guys at keiko um even though they're both on team usa only one guy's walking away with that gold medal i would love to see that however or if not keiko the 105s go to battle with bryce go to battle with all the 105s god knows that's a stacked division but it, when he gave me his list of reasons and i'm not going to go through my personal dms to show them but yeah it's just not it's not even a possibility unfortunately not this year anyways so he's got nothing against it he wants to entertain the idea but it's just not gonna happen yeah uh, also yeah. Our, our boy david ricks born in 1959 born in the 50s my friend and he's totally 785 kilo yeah uh, it's, I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that man's called, called Superman. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's unbelievably so. I mean, he's, he's, uh, as of recent years, he's had some, uh, down performances from when he set the world record. I believe it was 20, ooh, geez, 19 when he set the world record at the, the, this exact same meet, the Grand Prix. Um, did you do it? I know he's, I remember him okay. doing no, it no, in no, 2016, no, no, 2016 at Worlds, right? Yeah, yeah. He so he did. Uh, I think he. When did he first set it? Yeah, it was so the it was the world record for the first time in 2017 at the Arnold Grand Prix. 17. Okay. Yeah, but I'm looking at his his database record right now, and that was the the first time he then extended that uh, at Pacific Invitationals, where I, I'm not sure where that was. I think maybe Australia. Um, but yeah, so but he so he had some he had some down meets from here, but to you know to continue aging the way that he he has and 
still hitting still hitting numbers like he is is incredible um the man is definitely an inspiration to all powerlifters. Definitely, yeah, definitely goals for me for when I'm that age. I don't know about you. Man, look, my man's 175 years old. And when at the Raw Nationals, he was actually leading in the squats at Raw Nationals. And this is the U.S. Raw Nationals, for God's sake. I mean, it's the toughest nationals you're going to find all over the world. And as after the squat event, he was in the lead. I yeah. mean, the dude is, how often is that? Is everybody in the U.S. trailing against a guy who's 175 years old? Not very often, man. Not very often. Um, what are other? What are some other performances? Obviously, Blaine Sumner. Of course, yeah. Uh, that squat was kind of scary to watch, though. I have to admit. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, to say the man, uh, he had five hundred fifteen kilo on his back. I can only imagine the pressure that you must oh. feel on your back in terms of the internal pressure when you have a squat suit. Your body wants to move outwards because you have a freaking a ton on your back. And the squats is just keeping you in place. And, um, and the battle that ensues. And finishing off with a 1296 kilo total. No less. Yeah. Um, he world came, record. World record. He came on the podcast. He was expecting to do business, and he did. And I'm look, at, let me also say, I'm glad that the Arnold Classic has world records again. I'm not sure why they went away with it. I know they needed North American NA. Uh, it had to be an international event. But I'm not sure why that didn't happen previous in previous years. But it's so much more special to have world records in. Yeah, I, I can speak to that. And the reason was uh, that a lot of people that didn't have a rich drug testing history uh, were going into a, an internationally sanctioned meet and you know having it being hit with a doping violation because they you know they they ended up they ended up testing positive for something. So mm-hmm. as a result, uh, in order to to make sure they don't have any strikes against the organization, USA Powerlifting uh, made made the meets you know, just nationally sanctioned for a few years. Um, but this was definitely the, the year to bring it back. It was really cool. We also got to see some some international competitors come in. Uh, there, were, there were a few in this competition. Um, we had a gentleman from uh, Canada, your boy Mayhar, uh, and uh, a, a gentleman from Russia that I've, I've honestly never, uh, never heard of before, but he was in there as well. So that was kind of cool to see all that come back. But uh, it's definitely a, a lot more special now that world records are in play again. Um, I'm looking forward to just being able to see a lot of lifters here in the future uh, that don't necessarily get the chance to make the national teams to actually get their shot at, at setting some world records because it's uh, it's definitely a lot more possible at the Arnold. One thing that bothered me, uh, the Canadian Nationals came around the exact, like literally overlapping with the Arnold Classic. And so the amount of Canadians that could show up was few and far between. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jessica Bittner, which she oh, did at geez, the Canadian yeah. Nationals. Our girl Jessica in the 72s posted a 565 kilo total. And to win the 72s in Sweden, Kimberly Walford posted like a 542 and a half, 543 range. I don't know exactly the top of my head, but just to show you. So then in the Europeans, Angelina, or, and Angelina um, from the Russia chipped it at the European Championship, an official world record because it's international. But Jessica Bickner took that ball and fucking punted the shit out of it. Um, I mean, she smashed that home run. <laughs> that was, you, you, like, we're not talking chips, my friend. We're talking, you are the 72s, better go home and figure it out. Yeah. Go home and figure it out. Talk to your coaches. You either drop some weight or gain some weight. Get the fuck out of the 72s because 565? Are you kidding me, man? And the, the worst part, for at least for her competitors, is it, it looked pretty comfortable. 
Like, it, it didn't, at least uh, I didn't see her bench press, but her squat and deadlift, it looked like there were some kilos left, and that's after that's after the weight cut that she had, too. Oh, it's disastrous weight cut. It, her weight cuts are, my girl's coming in thick. You like yeah. your girl's thick? She's coming in. She's, she, she's muscular and, and jacked up, and 72 is getting harder and harder for her to, it, it's right down to the wire for her to get that water out of her body and make it, however... Obviously, doesn't seem to be impeding her performance. She seems to the, the weight cuts of Jessica Bittner have become legendary. So have the performances. Usually, yeah. when the weight when your weight cut becomes a thing of legend, usually your performances get a little sketchy. No, you start coming off and on. You can be good, you can be hot, cold. She's nothing but hot. Every single time she hits that platform, she's smashing weights. If she brings, and, and I bring this up during the Arnold Classic because I wish. The Canadian Nationals, they have to do something. I believe they're moving Canadian Nationals to January for anyone listening. So Canadians will start coming back to the Arnold Classic. And people like Jessica Bittner, Maria T, who are world championship caliber, are going to be able to start breaking some world records and, and pumping them down the lane. But looking at the performance that just happened there with 565, what do you feel? Is she not in the pole position? Do you see anybody taking her down the road in Belarus if Belarus happens. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> dang, you're, you've, you've kind of cut me to the quick there because I feel like I would be, uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be going against uh, my my own nation in saying this, but probably not. No, I, I she's def, she's definitely the favorite. She's got to be. She's got to be. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, man. Look, I, I've had Chloe Dublin on here. I love Chloe Dublin. I think she's amazing. Um, but I mean, that's that's just a that's a gap that's really hard to bridge. Angelina yeah. from Russia. Angelina from Russia. Look, I think if I'm looking at it, probably her biggest threat. All due respect to Kimberly Walford. I think she's the greatest power, the most accomplished IPF powerlifter, man or woman, is probably Kimberly Walford in terms of the dynasty she's running. Anna Rosa Castellane, another 72. World champion, multiple weight classes, in and out of equipment. She's going into the Hall of Fame as well. One of the greatest, most accomplished powerlifters, right up there with Kimberly Walford. Um, in terms of the supporting cast with g- girls like, um, you know, Isabella von Weisenberg, who breaks world records, and Chloe Dublin, who is just like a, a phenomenal lifter as well. It, I think the number one threat to Jessica Bittner and her fans would be Angelina from Russia, who won the 72 kilo class and broke a world record total at the European Championships, where it's international judging, drug testing, etc. And she did it pretty, pretty leisurely. Now, did she have 20 kilo in her like Jessica Bittner? Maybe not. Maybe. But that happened in October, November range. And she's got a little more time to add the kilos. She might be closer to that range by now. And by the time June rolls around, we might be neck and neck. I think Jessica Bittner is probably, based off that performance, easily moved herself into the person to beat. I think Kimberly Walford, look, Kimberly has never lost. Check this. Do you like Dynasties? Jessica Bittner, or sorry, Kimberly Walford has never lost a Raw Nationals or a World Championship. I think this might be the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, honestly, I think, um, and, and again, no disrespect to, to Chloe, I just had a, a really nice conversation with her and her boyfriend at the, at the Arnold, actually. Um, shout out to them if they're listening. Uh, but I, I really do think that uh, at this point, Jessica's biggest threat is herself in terms of her, her weight cut. Yeah. You know, ob- obviously she was at, at Canadian Nationals for that, relatively comfortable. Um, sure, she probably had to travel a little bit. 
I, I think the only thing that could really stop her is, is the international travel while, while doing that same weight cut. I think that's the, the biggest thing. Um, and that's, that's also not to, to put down uh, uh, Isabella, who competed at this meet. You know, she, she did relatively well, especially considering all the, all the circumstances with you know, having to travel while still not even being sure if, if the meet was happening. She lives in Australia now, so she had to, you know, she had to make her way while everything was still up in the air. And she still you know, did relatively well. She only missed a squat. Um, but yeah, I think, I think at this point, I think not to, not to get too into world's predictions, but I do think Jessica is, is kind of her own worst enemy at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, I knew we, I wasn't going to do a full-on recap of the Canadian Nationals, but the fact that the two competitions went pretty much head-to-head, and that was just a performance that cannot be mentioned. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. You can't be a 72 hitting 565, for God's sake, man. She's, it's just, it's, I got 74 kilo guys who are telling me, well, I'm going to get my ass whooped by Jessica Bittner if we went toe-to-toe. I mean, she's, she is just putting up some numbers that are just phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I think she's, she really shot in terms of a warning shot. The rest of the 72 has really got to think about it now. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, of course, it's definitely no disrespect to any of the 72s. These girls are all phenomenal. It's just, it's probably the most stacked, it's the most entertaining class that I saw at the last Worlds. It's an absolute shark tank. Now, talking about 72s, an unexpected 72, and I say 72, but she really wasn't a 72, was she, my friend? Sam Calhoun, 63 kilo, U.S. national champion, went to the Arnold and weighed in at 62.51, so technically speaking, a 72. Um, and obviously, there, there's a reason why. And I'm going to tell you guys if you're wondering, did she mess up her weight cut? Well, my girl doesn't cut that much weight. So how did it happen? Why did it happen? Here we go. Going into the World Championships, Sam Calhoun is 100% expecting to have a battle, and she's going to fucking have it. Carola Gara, who is the defending world champion, is an absolute monster. Had defeated Sam in Sweden and is an absolute phenomenal lifter. Leah Bavois hit a, it's a mock meet, but hit a gym total of 530 kilo while making weight. Now, lifting in the gym, even if it's a mock meet, you lift when you want to lift, you warm up, your warm ups are all up to you, so it's a little bit different. However, in terms of potential, Leah Bavois, who, by the way, nudged past Gara in terms of uh, the records and is now the number one ranked IPF lifter in terms of the 63s. And then you have Sam Calhoun, not far behind, who was wrestling with a 5'11". So she's expecting, and her and Matt Gary are expecting, a battle that's going to come down to the very last deadlift. And it might come down to the very last chip. And as long as Sam Calhoun has a chip and has ability to, to chip somebody, that could be, it could, it could literally mean the world championships. So Matt yeah. had a conversation with Sam. It was essentially like, look, it, you've broken world records. Um, you're 5'11 before Leah did what she did at the Europeans was the number one ranked performance we'd ever seen as a 63 kilo. So you've been the number one 63 kilo at times with your performance. You've broken world records. You've done everything you you could accomplish at the Arnold. Do you want it? it you, have, you broke deadlift world records. You didn't break a total world record. Do you want another world record though? Or and Sam, I had her on the podcast. She's like, after Calgary, 
when I pulled for a world record instead of a gold medal. After Sweden, when I when leading into it, I was uber confident, and these girls, these Europeans, kind of surprised me. She's like, my focus is not to be number one ranked in the world, which she essentially had after nationals, anyways. Not to break another world record, be it deadlift, be it world record total. I've done it. I've 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 won medals at worlds. I've been ranked number one, and I've broken world records. The only thing I don't have on my resume is a fucking world title. And I am not giving away a chip if it comes down to a chip. Let me walk into Sweden with every single advantage I can have at my disposal. Give me every single weapon I can have to walk into this battle. Then Matt Gary said, well, then I think we should weigh in a stitch over 63. You, you send a message by breaking what would be the 63 kilo total record, which she did. You send a message, you let everybody see, and you walk away with that, but you keep your chip. So they get to have their cake and eat it too, so to speak. And my girl Sam goes nine for nine all over again. Back to back, nine for nine performances. And um, having an amazing an amazing streak going. And then the battle towards, what, what do you think about the performance before we even look towards the world? I mean, it was it, it was incredible. I was I was lucky enough to, to be there to watch squats, like I said. And, and her, her, on her 180 squat, it comes out. She stalls for like the tiniest second, and then she just sticks her tongue out and finishes it like the champ that she is. Um, Sam is Sam is uh, all business on the platform. I think she stayed in the past. She doesn't celebrate until she makes her last lift. Um, I, I mean, and obviously, you pair her with somebody like Matt. Of course, the two of them are going to have some great strategy like this. Um, and you know it, she still came in there and had a, had a fantastic performance. The only nine for nine performance in this entire meet amongst all of the lifters. Uh, obviously, you know a, a, above her her previous PR, just above the the world record total as it stands currently. Uh, and she came away with the with that best lifter award too, which you know is always nice. Big check. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was it was a great performance, and I, I expect Sam to bring nothing nothing but absolute uh, absolute fire when it comes to the world championships um i'm sure she's you know just working that much harder and and that's you know that's one of the things with with competition in general um when you like it'd be one thing if sam came in there and you know she had nobody pushing her but now she's got these these two other super strong ladies um who are are pushing her just as hard now i will say uh i I do have to wonder if uh if I, i don't know what the state uh the state of russia is but again I know we keep coming back to the coronavirus, but Corolla had to pull out of Sheffield before yeah. it was canceled because because uh, Italy's under quarantine right yeah. now. Like, so I have to imagine that's probably going to affect her her training going into Worlds, at least in some way or another. You know, if you can't go to the gym and train, then hey, you know, you're, you're kind of out of luck there. This is where if you got weights in your house, you, uh, or at least a friend, does your coach have weights in your house? Do you have a friend who has weights at their house that you can come by and, and keep the training going? You're, you're right. Look at this is if you don't have access to that, do you have access to that by the way? Like you personally, do you have weights at your house or somewhere you can go? Well, your girlfriend owns a gym though, so you guys can shut yeah. it down and you got a whole fucking gym to yourself. Yeah, that was, we'll, that was we'll, a silly question. Yeah, we'll deep clean everything and, and then then we'll be good. Yeah, 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 boy, yeah, for sure. But yeah, if the gym shuts, if you guys ended up in lockdown, you would have your own personal gym. Uh, at the house here, no, because uh, our, our landlord's not a fan of that. You could go to the gym though, right? Like you could oh, yeah. just have the doors closed to the public. Yeah, uh, we yeah, and we could we could get in there, no problem. Yeah. So I mean, some people, you're one hundred percent right. Some people won't be as affected, and some people look at it's not a big stretch to June. Let's just, I honestly believe the coronavirus is going to 
come and go looking at what's going on in China and South Korea. Um, they're already on the downswing in terms of it's, they're already turning the trajectory so there's fewer and fewer people with corona as opposed to more and more. So I think if we get our shit together, we could do it in the rest of the world as well. So I think the, the worlds will happen. And that being the case, it will be the people who have access to equipment and you got to get resourceful. Yeah, I think I, I I've seen I've seen quite a few memes on uh, on Instagram of, about the, all of the lifters with home gyms emerging to take the world records. Um, hey, hey, which I thought my, was funny. My brother, I got I got a home gym. The only thing is the Master Worlds got pushed back all the way to October, so the rest of the world's gonna catch up anyways. I yeah. I need I needed the Master Worlds to be just after Corona cleaned up so I could have that advantage. Come in there like that, but um, and man, there's a lot of people with home gyms who are like i'll tell you what my friend you can come over but it's gonna be like hundred dollars a month yeah. <laughs> it's gonna cost you a bit do you want that world record or not i want to i want to see you get it too but i gotta wet my beak a little bit you know yeah i'm, I'm trying to get paid out here yeah well I, I don't know about you man but i think i think that's a, a good good bit for the the Grand Prix. Maybe we can move on to some of the the other performances through the weekend. Which one? Uh, Which one do you want to do next, sir? Uh, maybe maybe let's let's just briefly hit on the the Raw Challenge because yeah. there were a few a few things there, but not quite as much as the others. And then maybe we could end with uh, the uh, the the uh, Pro American. Uh, so uh, the one the the thing we got to highlight here to to start is our man Johnny Candido. Oh, the return. Yeah, the, the, the full-on return of this man. Now, uh, I was fortunate enough to not only be back there to, to see all of that because I was coaching at the same time, but uh, he was warming up with, uh, with, with my guy, with, uh, with Angelo Fortino, who also had a pretty good performance that I'll, I'll touch on here in a bit. But yeah. as, as, a fan of, as a fan of modern powerlifting, you can't help but be excited for, for Mr. Candido. The man had what I would, what I would call a super meet. Um, squatting 600 for the first time, deadlifting 700 or well 699. I, I won't give him the shit, but you know, and uh, and basically going nine for nine. Although the man uh, did provide a little bit of drama because he didn't hear his name called for his opener and uh, and didn't come out for it, so he had to take it in the back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he might have been in the bathroom or something. I, I don't know, but we were all running around like chickens with our heads cut off looking for the man, and and he just comes out there and you just hear time. So. Uh, but to see to see Johnny have a, a huge super mate like that at the Arnold is is always really cool. I, I firmly believe uh, that he's one of the reasons why powerlifting is as popular as it is, at least raw powerlifting in the IPF is as popular as it is today. Uh, so to see the guy succeeding is is always awesome. Yeah, I mean Johnny Candido totaling seven sixty, that's a nice number. There was a long time he's one of the OGs. Um, his YouTube series. Around that time range where a lot of the lifters now who are on top really came into the sport when Johnny Candido was riding high with that YouTube series. And there wasn't nearly as many powerlifting oriented YouTube and social media people, period. So he really is, when you talk about it, for anyone listening, um, he was a major driving force. A lot of people like Sean Noriega, etc. said like, look, I learned how to squat watching Johnny Candido videos. And taking Johnny Candido free programming and what he's done to help push the... The sport in general forward, he's one of those guys. So for a little while there, I mean, he was at, in his heyday um, as a junior. He was world-class, taking medals at the world championships, um, and then even moving into the open, breaking national records with his deadlift. He's a monster. He's a phenomenal lifter, plagued with injuries 
far too young to be retired, but there was there was a dark period there where he was out. We weren't sure he was coming back in. Just when he thought he was back in, get re-injured. Um, looked like it might end up being a sad story. And at the Raw Nationals and now at the Arnold Classic, starting to piece together. Starting, to, we haven't seen him like he's starting to piece together quite the the comeback story to be hitting 760 and hitting. Let's just round up because it's Johnny Candido. I usually don't round up for nobody, but. 600 deadlift and seven sorry 600 squat and 700 deadlift I mean not too bad man the guy's hitting those 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 barriers you know for an 83 kilo lifter that's world yeah. class that is he's yeah. a world class lifter right there you know if his bench got up and bench is tough for some when you don't have it it's tough to cover a lot of ground but that is a world class squat that is a world class deadlift and he's a world class power lifter once again and I'm glad he's back same now, uh, now speaking of world class, Ooh. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little selfish here and talk about my guy here. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to my man Angelo Fortino. Um, so I started working with Angelo after Raw Nationals, and the man uh, came to me and he had one goal, and that was to break our national deadlift record, which is held by another lifter that I coach, your your absolute favorite Sith Lord, Nancy <laughs> Ren. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I I definitely was like, all right, let's get down and let's get to work, and, and I'll be damned if the man did it. And he, uh, I, I'll even go so far as to say he had a few kilos left. Um, Dude, did no, it. he definitely did. He definitely did. Sorry, you go ahead. Don't let me cut you off. Uh, oh, I was going to say, he and he hit a pretty pretty damn good uh, damn good total PR at the same time, too, going, going nine for nine. Um, really, really proud of his performance, and, and again, just want to – take a second to be a little selfish here and, and give a shout out to him because he, he did a fantastic job and I'm very proud of him. Look, Angelino just shy of a 600 pound squat with 270. Uh, but th- really the big story is that deadlift. I knew, okay, Angelino was a phenomenal developer. I could tell by watching his training videos, I pegged him at a big deadlift. For sure, a big deadlift, sure. But to deadlift 340.5 kilo, which is, for our American friends, 750 pounds is an 83. Like I, and, and the speed he hit it, you know, I mean, I, I'm just blown away, man. I mean, I couldn't be happier for the kid. He's, he's, I had seen him posting on his Instagram story. Um, it was Friday night, and he's young. How old is this guy? He's a kid. Mm, Born in 93. Born in 93. So what does that make him? Uh, 26. 26. So he's a kid. Okay, when you're my age, 26 is a kid. So he's a kid. It's Friday night, and I was I was just skimming through um, his story, and I seen him at like let's say it was fucking 7 p.m. and he was squatting. All right, well oh, fuck whatever. So I'm like watching a movie, doing whatever the hell I'm doing, hanging out with fucking 50 Cent. You know how I do on a Friday night, baby. And um, <laughs> buy uh, champagne, whatever the whole thing. But at 11 o'clock at night, I shit you not. And this part of the story is true. I went back on my Instagram story and seen his story. It was 11 o'clock at night. The guy was just finishing up ab work. And I go, I'm like, my brother, that was four hours later on a Friday night. It's 11 o'clock and you're finishing your workout, finishing with some ab work. Did like not skipping accessories because it's Friday. Not skipping accessories because it's been four hours. I'm, I don't message too many people very often. I'm one of those dudes, I think like most people, I just creep see your Instagram story and keep it moving. I don't really got a whole lot to tell you. Good, you're weightlifting. We're all weightlifting. But I'm like, dude, you're still at the gym? I seen you there at like 7. What are you still... It's Friday night. You know, you're, you're young, man. I watch you out there doing your thing. And he's like, I got goals, man. 
And when I hit the gym, I tell myself, who's who's at home working? Who's in the gym working? Are they going out? No, I'm not going out. Do they? Did they stick around for their accessories? I bet they did. How many sets did they do? How many reps did they put in? What kind of weight are they shifting? These are the, are the things going through my head, and I can't leave. Every time I want to grab my gym bag and leave the door, I think about who what I'm facing. And I, and I I got some big plans. He didn't tell me he's going for a world record. But my man, he told me that. Literally, I put the phone, and I'm like, God damn it. I looked over. I said, 50. I got to go home and start training. I got to get Burley start training. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? No, but like, I was like, damn it, man. This is, the kid is extremely dedicated. For anyone listening, when you see somebody like that um, pulling 750 pounds, 340.5 kilo, and you're 83, and you're telling yourself, genetics. No doubt in my mind the kid's got amazing genetics. No doubt in my mind about that. However, you 99% can be sure you're not hustling and training as hard as him either. And you're not as dedicated as him. I almost guarantee you because that is the top one percentile when you're doing shit like that. How many days off does this kid take? If he's not lifting, he's probably online looking at YouTube and checking out some form critiques and thinking about it. If this, or getting his macro straight and working some shit out. If this kid's not lifting, and who puts in that kind of work like that? That's how this kid can hit those goals. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the, the biggest fans of the sport I've, I've ever met. The, the guy was just, uh, just in awe of everybody around him, too, uh, which was always really cool to see. Not only is he, is he a great competitor, but the, the guy really, really, really enjoys the sport as a whole. So, could not be more happy for him. Um, Oddly enough, st- I know we're highlighted in uh, all kinds of performances here. Oddly enough, did not win 83s. Actually ended up getting beat out by Delaney Wallace, who put up uh, a really, really big total, 790, which uh, would have placed him, I believe, second at Raw Nationals this past year. So shout out to, to Delaney, who made a ton of progress since Nationals. Um, he, he did really, really well and, and came in at the top of that really competitive 83-kilo class during the, uh, the Raw Challenge. So he's he's probably gonna cross that 800 barrier here soon, which seems to be that new standard for for high level 83s. Which is fucking ridiculous. Um, right before we move on, I had mentioned um, his social media in terms of Angelos. The guy's funny as shit. So check it out. What's his Instagram? It's it's fourteen like the number fourteen, the letter O underscore power. That's right. His last his last name's fourteen. Pretty pretty colorful character as well he's a good he's a good follow uh yeah delaney wallace look at 790 there's absolutely he's actually as young as angelo is this kid's a year younger than him i mean the kid's 25 years old and damn near crossing that 800 kilo line like it's he's a couple years out of a junior you know what i mean like this kid hasn't even he's my age yeah he's not even close to, to to peaking yet you know he's he's right there imagine when he's by the time he's 30 i mean this 800 kilo is going to be I, I picture going to the world championships and damn near everybody's hitting in the top 10. So, yeah, I have no question he's going to need 800. He's going to be a major player, Wallace, at the uh, Raw Nationals. Now, who coaches this young man? Is it is he a flex boy? I believe he is, yeah. I believe he's a flex boy. I don't know if he's working with Tina or flex himself, but I remember Tina talking about him. Yeah, and, I think I think Joey's his coach. I know Tina was helping handle him because Joey was competing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a phenomenal fight. It's going to be, it's going to get crowded up there in the top of the 83s. Yeah, I, uh, I was, I was thinking to myself like, oh geez, do I, do I have to have Angelo compete again if, if we want to guarantee primetime? And you know, we might, honestly, we might, even with a, that, that total was over 1700 pounds and 
that might not necessarily get him prime time, depending on who shows up. So it's pretty nuts, for sure. 775.5 is Angelo's total. It wasn't a whole lot long ago when that would have won him the world championships. We're talking, you know when Jesse Norris did that big total? We're talking 2014. Just to give you a little perspective, when we were saying Jesse Norris posted up with that monster 900 plus kilo total as a as a 93 or as a 90 but what would be 93 that would be winning my man angelo's uh, the world championships around that era so when i tell you that when jesse norris did that and i said but that was another era you have no idea how far ahead jesse norris was from the rest of the pack this should let you know where angelo comes in second and will have to battle just to make prime time as an 83 when, but five years ago, which isn't a generational gap in terms of us and your parents, is a huge generational gap in terms of powerlifting as a sport. We have grown so fast. Where this dude is posting up to be a world champion uh, not that long ago. Is there any other standouts here that we should... Okay, well, look, you said Joey. Let's talk about Joey Flex. My man hit a 340-kilo, 750-pound squat. Um, also went 9 for 9 and 852.5 kilo total joey flex man the guy is a fucking monster squatter uh, i mean he's starting to turn into he's a he's an he's a great coach he's starting to turn into one of his own star athletes if he keeps posting up numbers like that having 750 pounds on your back and he did it nice too he's pretty clean with it and he's really good at picking his own attempts sometimes people i'm sure he gets helped by tina but sometimes when you're your own coach and probably even though tina's helping he's got a huge say in his own numbers um when you're doing it yourself, you get attached to the numbers out of ego. And if you don't have a sounding board to back you up, it's it's easy to go down with the ship and it's all ego on it. From a man to be hitting nine for nine and smashing PRs like that consistently, that means you're choosing the right numbers in the gym when you're peaking to not overpeak and peak in the gym and leave your best in the gym. And you're choosing the right numbers day of and showing yourself as a seasoned veteran. Yeah, absolutely. Um I've uh, I've known Joey since 2015, and I I can still remember him uh, <laughs> doing maybe like 600, uh, 650 something for the first time. Uh, he's definitely grown as a, a lifter along the way, along with being a a, a great coach. Um, definitely, it, it it's it's rare that you see that combination in lifters, and I mean it's it's cool that he continues to be able to to set PV totals and and just do his best as as he continues to shape the the next generation of lifters. I know that's. As a, as a fellow coach, that's definitely hard. It's uh, it, it's hard to prioritize training at the same time it is uh, to, to coaching others as well. So hats off to him for sure. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. He's been on the podcast and said, and, and when I see him at the Worlds or whatever, he's like, um, yeah, like just exactly what you said. Where, do I want to be remembered as a coach or as an athlete? And it's tough. you got to be like, like I got world champions who depend on me to get them peaked and ready. And sometimes my my world, same world champions, could be at the Arnold or different lifters he has is at the Arnold, and I got to give them the right attention to make sure they do have a good day. So it's like, it's, it's you sometimes are like, as an athlete, I can't be that guy. I just had, I can't. And so for him to have made that sacrifice, and all of a sudden he's posting up 340 kilos, 750 pounds squats. What the hell are we talking about here? The guy's getting the, his cake and eating it too. I'm glad he had a good meet because he's had different competitions where he showed up at the Arnold. Handled like crazy, and by the time he lifted, he just doesn't have the day he wanted. He's he's like, damn, I really just had to phone that in. I also want to say Trey Thomas, who took a silver medal at the Raw Nationals in the 120-plus and gave Ray a battle uh, for as long as it lasted. But Ray just, I mean, Ray's Ray. Ray going Ray. But Trey Thomas 
as a 120 plus posting a 410 kilo, 903 pound squat in, in sleeves, obviously, because it's USAPL. A 903 pound squat, 410 kilo, Trey Thomas. I hope this kid can make it to the Worlds at some day. He is towing that line. I, I think in 2020, we're going to see a thousand kilo total from him. Um, the guy is world class. I would love to see him get as far as the world's. I don't know, getting through Ray Williams is a big ass for anybody, but it's not the most inconceivable thing to, you know, sometimes you send two people a division, or if he doesn't make the Worlds at the very least, make it to some international competitions on a different team. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately didn't get to get to see much of, of what Trey did because uh, he was the flight after uh, after Angelo, so it was a, a little difficult for me to, to get out there and see things. But from what I've seen on social media, he was looking pretty strong all in all. Seems like he had a little little bit of issues on bench press on the day, and then yeah. obviously you know missing your last deadlift. It happens to everybody; they just get tired by the end of the meet. But yeah. definitely a super strong performance. Um, and I, I think that uh, we only expect things to go up. He's, you know, he's got the fact that he's not on the side and he can continue to train uh, as, as strong as he possibly can. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, though. Like, you don't just finish second to, to Ray Williams and then then stop and be like, okay, well, I guess second's good enough. Yeah, no. And it was a scare. I mean, he had Ray on his back heels. Uh, that wasn't, I mean, I'm not going to make it excuses for Ray, but that wasn't his number one performance. Ray was... Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm kind of upset that we didn't get to see the SPD Invitational because I was expecting to see um, Ray really up his game on this one. I know training had went way better for this than going into Raw Nationals. Going into Raw Nationals, they were kind of in agreement. Look, let's just do what we need to to win because, um, you know, I got maybe nowhere near as many days in the gym anyways. But it is what it is. We'll, we'll see what happens. Also, shout out to Tristan Nazarod. Um, had a hell of a performance at 892.5. And uh, in terms of the kilo performance here, and I'm just skimming down. Um, I think, is there any other highlighted ones that are on the international stage we should mention here, sir? Or should we keep it moving? I believe. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to leave the ladies out here. Right. Um, but uh, on, honestly, nothing nothing earth shattering for sure. Um, had some, Definitely had some good performances, but nothing, nothing absolutely earth shattering here. Um, Mallory Brown did well. Who was it the one uh, for the ladies on this one here? Best lifter, I believe. I believe it was Solana Lewis, if I'm not mistaken. Either her. Yeah, I believe it was Solana Lewis, and she she did pretty darn well. I believe. Uh, I believe she squatted a, a junior national record, uh, so that's really awesome. Um, but. In, in terms of uh, making a, an international impact for any of these lifters, I, I don't necessarily think there was anything absolutely earth-shattering. Of course, they all did very well, and congratulations to all the, the ladies. But um, I see yeah, no. um, uh, Maria Bolden got a 766.37 total, uh, or sorry, IPF points as a 57-kilo lifter, 415 kilos. Oh yeah, I missed that. Yeah, you're right. So that's yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty up there. That and that would be. I think she might have won it, but that would be. I'm like, it's a 57 kilo. Um, yeah, no kidding. No, definitely not half bad for or for 415. So I mean, I also was skimming back and forth between the Canadian Nationals, the Arnold Classic. So some of it I'm catching highlights, and some of it I'm seeing the full performances. And you can almost and then sometimes they're also split up on different platforms. 
um, with the Canadian Nationals as well. So you've got three different streams. So it can get tough trying to, you know, you try to catch it all because I know the recap show is coming. So excuse me if I miss anybody's performance. I try to also post these up on the Cumulus highlights. But yeah. uh, there you have it. Let's take a look, my friend. Um, which one are we going to take a look next? The Pro American, I think, was the the last one. Not to yeah. not to discount the Squat Challenge or the Devo Challenge, but at the end of the day, those are exhibition events. Um, so, in terms of in terms of performances at the Pro American, uh, this was obviously a smaller meet this year because a, a lot of the lifters that might have done it were also split into the, the Grand Prix or the Raw Challenge. Um, a lot of really crazy stuff happened on that that uh, that meet. Um, I guess maybe we could start off with the ladies here, go through everything with them first. So we had, uh, we had a lot of really strong people competing. Um, just a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of crazy strong people in general. I, I honestly don't know where to start. Maybe you'd like to pick it out. Yeah. I mean, okay. So right off the top, um, my girl, Sarah Brenner t- broke a world record in a deadlift with a 258 kilo deadlift. Um, she had the, she's breaking her own world records, but, a phenomenal deadlifter, and uh, I mean, she's getting. She looks like she's going to own that in the eighty-four plus. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I don't see that uh, being something that, that's broken for a, a a good a good while. Uh, that's something that, uh, that that was that was really cool to see, and, and she just barely missed that two sixty-four as well. It was just a little bit too much on the day. I think she got it up and then uh, then lost it on grip, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Brittany Suplicky, I believe, hopefully I'm not butchering her last name, um, took it with a, she, she's a 57 kilo lifter, posted up a 450 kilo total, 830 IPF points, let that sink in for a hot minute, and um, I mean, in terms of the rest of these girls trying to battle Brittany for that win, in battle with, like, nobody had even hit over 800. Well, actually, no, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, Megan Scalin hit an 829, but missed her last two deadlifts, uh, missed her first bench and her last bench. And Megan, if I'm not mistaken, now Megan's world class. You guys know how I feel about Megan. Um, in terms of her, her world championship performance, she was the greatest 57-kilo lifter we had ever seen until Maria T hit her last deadlift. Megan is a world-class lifter through and through. And on this day, just got edged out by Brittany with an 8.30. And she hit an 8.29. And if I'm not mistaken, Megan did the Olympic weightlifting as well in the same. Is that not? I might be totally making this up. But yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the type of special lifter that Megan Scanlon is to come that close to possibly taking, um, you know, the best lifter in terms of powerlifting as well as having done that. But uh, yeah. not to be. That's uh, that's very true, and, and she also uh, it's interesting because she actually the squat that, that Megan has uh, entered is actually different than the number that she squatted on the platform. I don't know if you heard about this. No, uh, but she had originally entered in um, uh, a weight that she she couldn't do because of the uh, the number that she weighed in at. Um, so she she put in uh, over over the world record squat. Um, uh, but I believe I believe the issue was that the the record was uh, slightly slightly different from what she put in. So it was I, I believe it she would have had to put in um, uh, I think half a kilo more for it to technically be a world record. So they actually even though she squatted more than this, she had to put down um, they had to put down one eighty seven five because oh, it damn. technically wasn't allowed to be on the bar. Um, 
So sneaky, that, that, that would have made the difference. That would have made the difference. Yeah, uh, you, you know what? That would have, you know what? You're right. When it's that close, that would have got her the win. She's uh, obviously, I say sneaky, sneaky. I don't think she actually knew it. You're just crunching numbers on the fly. She's out there. You know, she said going into this, she just wanted to have fun. She didn't want to take it uber seriously. Um, and it's kind of crazy when you're making scale and, and you're that gifted. Breaking a world record isn't uber serious. <laughs> Yeah. Where she's like, I just have fun, so I'm not, I'm just gonna break a world record. Yeah, and I, I believe yeah, I think I think maybe there was just some misinformation uh going around and, and it sucks it sucks that uh you know, all, she definitely could have thrown because that, that last squat that she did was was actually pretty darn easy. Um it you know, she could have thrown a little bit more on the bar and would have had that and probably had the best lifter award, no problem. Yeah. Well, it uh, is it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, I think on the on the story side of things, uh, with with Brittany's total, I'll note uh, my girl Christina Paraki, uh, who did the pro bench bat, uh, bash a little bit earlier. So she was there to watch this, and obviously she's our national champion. She's going to Worlds. She had her eye very close on uh, on on Brittany, and uh, her her total was actually seven kilos higher than what Christina uh, won uh, nationals with. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. so so we got it. We got a little rivalry brewing there. Christina's sure. like Christina's like, yeah, I see you. I see you. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, seven kilo, obviously, that was back at Nationals. And Christina's probably thinking, and for anyone listening, that's Chrissy Max Power. I probably put seven kilo on my total, honey. Uh, guess what? I probably put more than that. We'll see. Um, obviously, let's hope the World Championships rolls around. And we'll see what Christina's packing come the World Championships. But for sure, the 57 kilo is going to be extremely close battles and it was before and it's going to be again when the raw nationals rolls around because Brittany Suplicki is is up there oh yeah and i i know i know paraki uh and she will be she will be ready to go i, I was you know i got to hang out with her all weekend because you know after she did the, the bench bash she just kind of wanted to chill and uh we were we were chatting over over watching uh the fight actually i know you're you're a big oh, ufc yeah. guy uh, we were chatting over it, and and yeah, she's she's hyped up for the the world championships, and I know that uh, that she and and uh, Eric, her coach, are, are putting in a lot of work formulating the best game plan that they can to put together the best package for Belarus. There we go. And just in case you're wondering, Sarah Brenner had the biggest total of the day uh, with 615.5 kilo. All yeah. right, my dear friend. Now on the male side, I think there was a little bit more drama on the male side because this. You know, I was coaching back there. This was a close meet, my man. There, uh, not even just a, across the weight classes, but just for best lifter in general uh, on on both sides of that was just it was crazy. Um, just seeing everybody out there with their phones out with the IPF points calculator. calculator <laughs> you, you had to calculate four different people's scores at the same time. Yeah, it was it was a it was a really fun meet to coach at just from a personal standpoint because everybody you know everybody's gunning for that that big check and uh, it was it was cool it was cool to watch and and you know just calculate exactly what you needed out and there was a lot of dramatic stuff going on so there there were a lot of really good performances from from the guys. Um, I don't know. I guess we could probably start with uh, with Charlie Yang, uh, who came out and, and won Raw Nationals for us uh, as a, a 59, and, and absolutely, uh, you know, destroyed his competition during that time. Uh, not as good of a meet this go around. I, I believe he he had a little bit better showing at uh, at Raw Nationals. Um, I believe, yeah. So his totals down about 12 and a half kilos. Um, just didn't have as as good of a time. I think uh, from what I remember. Um, 
deadlifts were just kind of kind of hard for him. And then the the number for squats, I know I know a few people were kind of telling him two seventeen might be just a little bit too much. Um, so he, he ended up missing some some critical lifts that honestly. Uh, he probably, if he would have made those, he would have beat everybody else on IPF points relatively easily just because of how much his total jumps every time he puts kilos on it. Um, really, really good performance regardless, and, and I'm excited. I'm hoping that this this acts as a tune-up meet from him. Uh, I was you know, lucky enough to stay in uh, an Airbnb with, with uh, him and some others, um, and uh, just talking to him, I know, I know that's kind of the mentality that he was approaching this meet with is just a, a way to kind of work out the kinks before Worlds. So I'm looking forward to the, the showdown between him and Fedosienko. I, I, don't know, uh, I don't know how close they are in the total, honestly, but at the very least, seeing Charlie come out and, and, and put on a really impressive world record deadlift, which I know he's got the capability to do, um, would be really, really sweet. I mean, he almost lost. 20 kilo on the deadlift between his opener and his last attempt. And for anyone listening, look at He's a 59 kilo lifter. Um, so he's, he's a small gentleman, but he was deadlifting. His last attempt was 272.5 kilo. That's 600 pounds in his hand. So is this, do you know if that's just wildly ambitious Hail Mary pass, or is he actually capable of pulling 600 at 59 kilo, which is ridiculous. I believe in the training leading up to this, he did 267 and a half, and it didn't look yeah, it didn't. It didn't look terribly hard. Um, he pulled two sixty-seven and a half last uh, in his last meet at Raw Nationals, and again, didn't look too terribly hard. So I don't think it was overly ambitious. I think uh, maybe just you know long day or extenuating circumstances. He didn't have he didn't have a very large cut either. I was about uh, to ask that. Yeah, he didn't. So I know a lot of fifty-nine kilo lifters uh, are cutting a lot. If from what I if my math is correct, he actually only cut from like 60.5, 60.7 kilos to make 59. So not a super large cut. Uh, I just think, you know, maybe this just wasn't his day as far as the, the way that he ended up peaking. Uh, but I'm sure that, that he and his coach will, will put their heads together and put something special together for Worlds. Um, speaking of deadlifts, Eric Lapointe with a 307.5 deadlift, uh, not quite getting that national record that we might have anticipated I know oh. him, him and your boy Cho, look, at they both deadlifted back-to-back, and then all of a sudden, everybody and their mother's like, all right, Cho nudged it by half a kilo, but the bar speed was a little slower, and there's the whole, it's like, all right, man, but at the same time, some people just, look, I can tell you lifters who lift a little slower, grind a little more, and they can throw another five kilo, ten kilo. Their their second looks like that, and you think there's no way they got a third, and they hit their third, whereas other people are fast, smooth, and that's the way they hit it. I'm not saying that's Eric and Cho. I'm just saying when you're looking to possibly discredit, it is what it is. And I do it myself because when my man Caffey broke a world record in Sweden, somebody came in and chipped it and had a life-and-death battle with that chip, and me and Caffey were like, hey, yo, I think you could have deadlifted more on that day, but you had to deadlift first, so it is what it is. But yeah. so we all play that game. I play that. I know all the games you play because I play them too. Is basically what I'm trying to say. But Eric yeah. Pointe, um, do we know what happened with the deadlift? Because deadlift was moving very good in training. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, Mr. Lapointe is uh, is obviously a fantastic deadlifter. That's that's his that's his signature thing. Um, with, so to give you some background, we were like I said, we were all back there with our with our point calculators, figuring out what was going on. And uh, 93 and below uh, was considered lightweight for best lifter for this this meet. 
Uh, and uh, Hanny, his his coach, my my fellow coach at the strength athlete, realized that if he pulled uh, 325 versus 322 and a half, both would have been world records because the current world record is 322 even by Bachland. Um, Hanny realized that if he, if he jumped up those extra extra kilos, that he would be able to get Eric the best lifter award. Which is which is fifteen hundred dollars, which of course is you know, it, it you know it's two and a half kilos, right? It shouldn't make a difference, and unfortunately in this case it did, uh, and that that sucks. Of course, um, I you know I've gotten to know Eric pretty well over the course of of his his years with TSA. He's a fantastic dude, and I know that he trained super hard for this, uh, and when he missed it, it was a real heartbreaker because. You know, uh, my my guy Kyle was uh, was the one who was out in front for best lifter at the time, just based on where everything had been, based on all the misses, and and you know if if we had to lose to somebody, that would have, you know, of course couldn't couldn't think of a better guy to lose to, and uh, yeah, unfortunately it just wasn't there the way he described it to me. His uh, even though his his hook grip was fine, it was just his finger, his uh, middle finger got caught on his knee and it, it opened it up. Uh, as he was as he was kind of grinding through, but I I do think unfortunately if he would have gone for the half kilo chip on the world record at 322 and a half, I think it would have been there versus the, the 325. And, and that's, you know, that's not a dig. That's not a dig at him. I, I do think in the spirit of competition, you know, what's two and a half kilos, but in this case, it was, you know, it was that, that was just the small difference maker. Here it is, man. It's 2020 hindsight. Afterwards, you'd be like, dude, you could have had a world record. And, and let me tell you something. The older you get, the more, you know, windows of opportunity come and then they go. And you don't know how many times you're going to have an opportunity to pull for a world record. And, or like maybe you have an opportunity to pull for it again, but that world record gets taken for a ride by some phenom who comes out of nowhere. Some Sith Lord Ren, who's a 74 kilo boy, rolls around and smashes that world record. And now it's out of reach. Whereas previously, you were right there a couple kilo away. So it's one of those deals you're like, shit, what if that was my, my time? What if my career comes so close and I never got that world record? It's really going to eat you up. Having said that, if I'm on the spot and my coach tells me we got uh, we got something that just unfolded, we didn't know it was going to happen like this, but here's what the situation is. Oh, and by the way, you got 60 seconds to give me your answer. Do you want to pull for the world record or do you want to pull for the world record just two and a half kilo more and get $1,500? And $1,500, I don't know about you, but that's nice. And that could really help out. I'd be. How many more kilo do we need? It's not 10 kilo more. It's two and a half kilo more. If this isn't a world record, that's the smallest increment you move in powerlifting. We're used to looking at two and a half kilo like it's a joke. Especially when you're that high in a deadlift, how much of a percentage is that? So it's real easy afterwards to look back and be like, dude, you had a chance to make history. Put that on your resume. On the flip side, when you got six seconds to make a decision and your coach isn't going to rob you of 1,500, he's going to... He'd be remiss if he doesn't tell you, hey, I, I think I got to tell you you're two and a half kilo away from 1,500. I think you would call me an asshole if I didn't at least let you know you're two and a half kilo away from 1,500. What are you thinking? I mean, you have to tell him if you're a coach. Right? You, know, you got you to gotta have these conversations. So if my man wanted, I want it all. Give me two and a yeah. half kilo. Give me a world record, possibly that. Whatever. It's easy yeah. 2020 hindsight. You can't beat him up about it, though. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, I think that... Um, you know, I, I, I know just from speaking to Eric that this, you know, the training up to this was kind of hard and I know he was really disappointed. Um, so Eric, Eric, if you're listening to this, man, don't be disappointed. You, you went out there and you gave it your all and there will always be more meets and I guarantee you'll be putting more on the bar really, really soon, man. 
Yeah, yeah. For sure. Keep your head up, kid. Um, one thing I want to note, I noticed, I was hoping my man Jamar was going to hit a 700-pound squat. Um, him and Russell have both hit multiple times 700-pound squats in the gym. Uh, I was looking forward to it possibly happening at Raw Nationals. Neither one of them hit it at Raw Nationals. Was looking forward to it possibly happening in this March Madness we had for a month when we had the Arnold earlier on and later on in March. We had the SPD Invitational. Turns out Jamar doesn't hit it at the Arnold Classic and my man Russell's not going to have the opportunity as SPD Invitational. Frig, dude, this is like the 800 kilo race. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's starting to be a whole lot more plot twists and a whole lot longer journey than we originally anticipated. Yeah, yeah. I, now, I, I think I said this uh, on our previous episode when we were recording it, but I do know that Russ signed up for a local meet uh, that Tina's putting on here in California. So he may do it there. Uh, it won't be a national record or anything like that, or let alone a world record, but he, he may do it there. Um, yeah, it was so. Uh, Jamar was was warming up with uh, with with my guy Kyle. Um, Bryce was back there handling him, and and I do I do know Jamar had a really tough weight cut. Okay. Um, it was it was a a big one. I think it was 196 he cut from. So I, I, I can't think of the kilos on on that off, off the top of my head. Um, Dude, but I remember, I remember 13 yes, pounds. That's, that's like seven that, kilos. Sorry to interrupt you. That's like seven kilo, thirteen pounds uh, range. Yeah, six six it, kilo. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, it's almost seven kilos. It's it's uh, six six point eight. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So I I know like because uh, Bryce Bryce sent us a message and was like Jamar Jamar's cutting from one ninety six. I'm having a bit of a heart attack over here. <laughs> um, and but I guess I guess that's something that he's done regularly in the past. Uh, so I don't know. I uh, Jamar is another guy who thankfully I've I've gotten the chance to to get to know through him him being coached by by Bryce and he's a he's a great guy. I'm I'm sorry that he wasn't able to take a smack at that world record or or even the seven hundred squat. Um, but I think you know he was he was real positive through the whole meet. But you know the guy. He's he's just he's super he's super positive. He did hit a four hundred pound bench for the first time in the meet, which is always a great milestone to cross as an eighty three. Um, and even though it wasn't a PR total for him, he did come away with with second best lifter overall. Uh, and and he had a fun time. I mean, this was his first Arnold, and and he seemed to be in pretty good spirits despite. Uh, being a little disappointed about that squat, and I have no doubt that he'll he'll reassess what he needs to do in order to put himself in the position to put that up on the platform. Because we know he has the strength for it. He's he's already done it in the gym. Uh, he's just got to, I, I guess, maybe just cut less. Um, well, or, we'll or, to... or lay off the fucking pancakes. Come on, <laughs> man. Come on, man. Look, I know my man is like sponsored by a pancake company. It's actually bad PR when you can't make weight. Or you, or you kill yourself to make weight. That's where those sponsorships are starting to hurt you a little bit. Um, yeah, damn. So he, he's got to, he's got to be a little, little less pancake god. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I, don't, I can't pack. even think of. Yeah, <laughs> something, something like that. But yeah, man, no, he's he's definitely good for it. Um, we'll see. I mean, you did say or he's signed up. We'll see if or he. Actually, I think or he's got. He's relatively close, and he could make weight in terms of making weight in time and getting that settled. I would love. I mean, these local competitions could also get canceled at the last minute. Um, sure. So I would love to see somebody hit that. It's like the 800 kilo race. I want somebody to squat 700. But uh, but anyways, my friend. Moving along. I'm not going to take too much of your time. Let's talk about your boy. Oh, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle. Um, so this this was really this was a really cool one for for Kyle. We've um, 
we, you know, we came out there and, and honestly, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, even, even you guys, when you're talking with Matt, I don't, I think you picked Charlie over him. Um, so it was, it was really cool to come out there and and really just have a super good day. Um, he did have a little, little bobble on his deadlift, which we didn't get the chance to take the, the full force of his third that we had planned. Um, but thankfully he, we realized he just set up a little too close to the bar and, and was able to make it on his third, which, which was cool enough to give us best lifter. And I, I was really happy to assist him in that. He also crossed the 300 kilo squat barrier, which I know for the 93s is kind of a, a drop in the bucket, but that's something Kyle has been able to do in training for a while uh, that we haven't been able to, to do on the platform just based on various circumstances. Um, so really proud of, really proud of Kyle and all of his, uh, his efforts. And uh, it was, it was really cool to, you know, get to get to take that picture with that big check. I think that for me as a coach, that was the first time I've ever had a, a lifter win the Arnold. So that was a, a real cool milestone in my coaching career. Um, the rest of the 93s did did really, really well too. Uh, Connor Borkart came out there and, and pulled 700 for the first time, which was really cool. I'm, I'm uh, good friends with his girlfriend, Sydney. We actually, uh, we game together quite a bit. Um, so I, I always get to hear about how he's doing from, from her. And uh, he, he put a lot into this meet, and uh, I'm glad that he did super well. I, I for all my my uh, experience, like in the in the back there, I really couldn't tell you exactly what was going on with Charlie though. Like that was that whole thing was pretty surprising to me. Uh, you know, it, I really couldn't tell you. I, I I didn't get any explanation as to what's going on. I, I don't know if he's talked about it on social media at all. But all I know is he, he didn't end up having the day that I predicted that he was going to have. I, I don't think anybody predicted he was going to have that sort of a day. So, uh, I, of course, I'll, as far as nationals goes, I'm sure everybody will still be vigilant because I, I still think Charlie has the most room to grow as a, a lifter out of, out of the pack of, of people who is, is competing in 93s right now. And I'm, I'm sure whatever's going on, he'll be a force at, at nationals when, when we get back to it. Yeah, it was surprising about Charlie Dixon. I mean, obviously, we had him pegged, but... Um... You know, he just, it just didn't come together for him. The lifting, I mean, he's capable of more. It didn't transpire over that day. But Kyle Power, look at 8.30, just a couple years ago, would have won him the world championships. And yeah. he's just, he's 798.23, just shy of joining that 800 points club for the IPF points. Yeah. So I, uh, really turning into an elite lifter. Yeah, I will, I will I'll say this. Our, our plan, if he would have made, if he would have done what he did on his third attempt at the 335, our plan would have been to jump up to a total that would have been over the world record total as wow. it currently stands. Uh, just after after that one, if he would have made that, uh, because if he would have made that, he already would have had best lifter locked in. So we would have we would have put that on the bar. It would have been would have been in the range of like 855. You might as well. You know what I mean? You might as well go YOLO on that last lift if you already had best lifter locked in. Oh, yeah. And I, I 100% believe, after seeing him do 335 correctly, that he could have done what he needed to, to get that kind of a total. Speaking um, about world records, Joseph Amadola in the 105s with a 261-kilo bench press. Yeah, man. That was something. Talk to me. <laughs> uh, so the funniest thing about watching Amadola lift, he is super calm for squats and deadlifts. But when that man goes to bench... He's like an animal. He's like he's like in the back, just pacing around, just like you know, just just hyping himself up. And he he comes out the bench, and he, this guy he looks like he's gonna throw the bar through the roof. Uh, and, and I mean I mean that he literally looks like he's gonna throw the bar through the roof, you know. Um, 
So what's cool about what's cool about him is if he would have if he would have made his last deadlift, he actually would have broken the IPF world record total at 105. Not just the bench record, which he he obviously shattered on his opener, but he would have broken the total world record for that weight class, which is really really neat to see something like that. See somebody who's a bench specialist come in and be that strong. Yeah. Um, so he's he's going to worlds. He's he's uh, he's taking the alternate spot uh, oh. after. Yeah, after some people dropped out, so it'll be him and Bryce on the team. So I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, I, uh, I I'm sure he'll be looking to extend his his world record bench press there. I, I actually will say uncharacteristically, it did seem like his bench was a little bit off uh, on the day compared to what he did at nationals. Um, so I don't I don't know what happened there. Hopefully he'll be able to correct it uh, and we'll be able to see something crazy. I would I would imagine it's it's on his mind, but I would not be shocked if he's he's knocking on that that. 600 pound bench press at 105 maybe not this upcoming week it's a quick turnaround but sometime in the near future it's um you know it's funny you say you get so psyched up for bench press for most people including myself that's when i take like almost like an intermission with my typing and you know what i mean like you it's a long day you got to pace yourself most people the bench press is hard to get hyped for but yeah but if you're bench pressing like this guy and you're building a total like he's got and yeah man his if he would hit, look at Bill McCarthy, who I believe was handling him, he may even coach him for programming, was telling me, messaging me, saying, you're going to want to watch out for my man. I mean, if we're in sight, if everything goes well, we'll load it for a world record. I'm like, seriously? He's like, well, we'll see what Ashton does. I mean, but it's it's conceivable. We could, and Ashton weighed in as a 93, but as it turns out, he loaded up. He, he ended up finishing his day 878.5. Ashton was... 881.5, they were that close. And he missed, and oh, and by the way, Joseph missed his last deadlift. So they were that close. They actually were. If Ashton did weigh in as a 105, and Ashton hasn't filled out 105, I think when Ashton, if Ashton fully on commits, I don't expect him to fill out all of 105, but at least 101, 102, something like that. I expect his total to go up, but Joseph is right up there swinging with these fellas. Joseph is world class yeah. just like that. This was a bit of a coming out party for him. Watch out for him at the 105s at the World Championships. He could be your next 105 World Champion. He cannot be overlooked, and he's a monster bench presser. Yeah, it's it bench. Uh, you'll always hear hear people say bench is the silent killer. In this case, it really is the it really is the case. I mean, a lot of like not quite world level. Well, maybe some some world level 105s would be lucky to to be bench pressing what he's or bench pressing to be squatting what he's bench pressing. Oh yeah. It's it's so it's yeah it's it's insane. Um, I, I have no doubt that he'll he'll definitely be be in the mix when it comes to worlds just just based on his his performance here. Uh, and, and you're correct in saying that Bill does coach him and, and knowing Bill he has a he's a very very good coach and his lifters are always super consistent. So I'm I'm expecting a really good performance at worlds despite the the quick turnaround. Um, I also think if we're on the subject of 105s we'd be remiss. To mention who uh, who weighed in quite light, Mr. L.S. McLean, who I believe that was done quite strategically, uh, just so he'd be in the mix for best heavyweight lifter. Um, the man, the man just came out and had a, a fantastic meet. Dude, uh, I, I think one of his best totals to date. If, if no, that is his best. best. That's by far. Now look, it's with a caveat. He's normally in 93. He weighed in at 100 kilo. That's the biggest he's ever done. 862.5 kilo. So he L.S. is historically a career 93 kilo lifter a two-time 93 kilo world champion and if you're paying attention 862.5 total would have won him the world championships in sweden however he weighed in as a 105 not a full 105 he's only 100 kilo 
it's a good chunk away from 93. So does he get his body weight down to 93 and maintain that total? I don't know. But leading into this Arnold Classic, he had said, I'm about to put together a performance that's going to have people talking. He was telling everybody who was listening, trust me, this is my coming. He's a master lifter. The man is in his 40s. And having the, the PR totals that he's doing, the performances that he's doing, he's not going nowhere. He's a two-time world champion, and he looks like he could threaten for more. Um, oh, sure. He's, he's absolute still world class. And it, it does, it leaves you wondering, what happens when he drops back down to 93? If he could do it appropriately with a good plan, if he could keep that strike, maybe he's got to lean on his boy Lane Norton and be like, hit me up with a battle plan, my man, because I need to make 93 while maintaining this kind of strength. You know, honestly, uh, as as a as a fan of the, the sport and, and a fan of LS in general, honestly, um, qu- quick anecdote, when I was getting ready for my first Raw Nationals, uh, I was at the uh, the Olympia with, with Bryce. Uh, we had been invited by our friend uh, to help out with his booth. And uh, so we went and I met LS for the first time. The man spent... Uh, two and a half hours helping me out with my bench press, just out of the kindness Holy of his heart. Shit. So I'm I'm a I'm a big LS fan. I think the man is just a, a wonderful representative for the sport, and he he deserves you know the world. I honestly think LS should commit to 105s. I really do. Wow. Uh, just because historically speaking, the last few times that he's had a tough time with 93s has been because of the cut. Was it really? He's had the cut. Oh yeah, like you you remember at uh, at Worlds he uh, in uh, in Calgary the first time I met you uh, he, how he had that horrible scare because he got so sick. He told me he uh, got sick, but yeah, who knows? Sometimes when you're cutting, your body doesn't exactly like it. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I I don't know. Considering he is a light 105, and I know if you followed that man on Instagram that he he loves to try himself some some foods. Uh, he <laughs> he reviews like everything randomly. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like 105 LS would be dangerous just because he had so much more uh, on his total here. Uh, I feel like 862. You know, you you add a few kilos there, he could be right there in the mix. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly possible. One of the things that the coronavirus has already impacted us and robbed us of is LS was signed up for the Master World Championships in South Africa. He was telling me because I was going to Master Worlds. He's like. My man, I'm ready to put together... Like, he, he was so confident. He's like, I think I'm going to put together a package that might even rival or surpass what you're going to see in the Open in June. Uh, this is how confident I am. And listen to me. The 93 kilo Open world record is 853-ish. He just posted 862.5. Now I get it. He's 100 kilo. But if he was confident he could get back down to 93 which he obviously was because he signed up for it and he's going to travel across, halfway across the world to compete. So I'm sure he's thinking, yeah, man, we might have seen LS post up a world record, open world record total while in the Masters. That's what he wanted. He wanted to break an open world record while lifting in the Master World Championships. Unfortunately, we're not going to get robbed. I love it when I see it. Everybody loves seeing those kind of stories. Nonetheless, we'll see what happens when LS comes back. What happened to my man David Wilson? Was he dealing with injury because he was missing some lifts in 835? Ties a 93 kilo personal best, but he's better than that. I know he's better than that as a 105, but he's been catching some injuries lately. Yeah, and so I, I know I know that prior to to nationals, David had torn his adductor, um, and I, I do follow his YouTube channel. And from what I saw, um, he he was having kind of a tough week leading up to the Arnold. 
Um, he he kind of spun it as, oh, I think these are some indicators that I'm I'm strong, but uh, that didn't end up panning out. Um, so I, I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on. Like I I, I know that he all I know is that he missed some lifts that in, in the in the week leading up that he shouldn't have, and uh, I guess he just kind of had to adjust for it on the day. So obviously Mike Tashir, along with being one of the greatest powerlifters in in the world, uh, he's he's a fantastic coach, and I have no doubt that he and David will, will work that out. Um, but I, I, I just think in this case, maybe, you know, something kind of went wrong in the way that they had planned things out. And, it, you know, it was just a, a little late and you had to adjust. Um, should we give, I just want to say, so is there any, anyone else right there that we should say real quick uh, off the top of your head looking at it in terms uh, of unique standup performances? No, not particularly. Not, not that, uh, you know, there was anything else. Yeah, no, not really. That's pretty good right there. Now, let me just say real quick, in terms of the squat challenge, um, I don't know how some people feel about it. I, for one, like see, like people seeing crazy in reps and having to actually grind out some reps and battle for it. Let me, Chance Mitchell, second year in a row, the guy is the squat challenge champion. 24 repetitions with, uh, let me get his exact weight down. What did my man hit? 195 kilo, belting off 24 repetitions, which is absolutely I mean, that pains me to even think about having to go through. It's disgusting. So my man belted it off and retains his title as a squash challenge champion in the heavyweight division. And there's also the lightweight division where our boy Austin Perkins with 147.5 kilo on his back hit 28 reps. I'm sure they were assisted getting in and out of their car after that. I can't fucking imagine it. Like you hear in sports, dig deep. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. And, and, and that's the big thing with sports. In powerlifting, when you're one reps, I mean, when it's just a single rep, it's not that bad. When it's a squat challenge, you're going to see how bad you want it. Those young men wanted it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Austin, I think, had to be carried off the platform after oh, really? he finished. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think, he, I, I think he said that on social media. I wasn't there for that one. But that, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty. I mean, if you're going to push yourself to that, you might as well just kind of go all in, right? Yeah. And uh, so Jasmine Penn, another shout out. Jasmine Penn hitting 147.5 kilo as well for 13 reps, which is fucking ridiculous. And then we got Carrie Sachs with 107.5 hits, uh, 14 reps. So she won for the lightweight women. And I believe Jasmine Penn, yes, she did won for the um, heavyweight women. So those are your champions in the squat challenge. And my friend, I know this is two podcasts back to back you gave for me. It is Friday night, and you gave me two and a half hours of your time. I am incredibly appreciative, my friend. Thank you. And obviously, the door is already open, always open, and I'm very appreciative, sir. Oh well, thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. I uh, I'm I'm sad that uh, you're uh, you're not getting to commentate at Sheffield, but uh, I'm hoping that with Worlds, as long as it's not delayed, maybe we can get together again and be uh, be quite the commentary duo. Oh, one it, more time. It's become tradition. Maybe we'll even have some cocktails. Maybe. Maybe. Let's I'll, I'll buy the first round, my man. Oh, shit. Okay. I'll, I'll hold this to it. I'll buy the second. All right, man. I'm going to let you go. Um, I got to run, too. It's Friday night over here. It's, I'm at 7.30 my time, and it's my yeah. boy's birthday, so I'm going to go have some cocktails right now. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and thank you for coming on there, Joe Stanek. Until next time, six-pack laughing at my man, Joe Stanek, coach extraordinaire, um, scouting extraordinaire and sometimes co-commentary. Peace. Okay.